Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people that help autistic teens and adults become more independent and successful. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Recently I've been thinking about planning a vacation because I probably need some time to just get away and decompress. Vacation can be one of the great pleasures of this world, but for many autistic people, getting to these destinations can be extremely stressful due to navigating an airport. On this episode of Autism Stories, we talk with Nicole Ryan and Virginia Smedley of Melbourne Airport, how they can make this a less stressful experience through the Hidden Disability Program. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Nicole and Virginia, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much for having us, Doug. Now, Melbourne Airport has recently implemented the Hidden Disability Program for its international terminal to assist adults as well as children and their families uh, with uh, disabilities. For those that don't know what would be the definition of uh, hidden disability? Um, well, basically, um, we cater a lot for people that are in wheelchairs or have obvious disabilities, um, more to do with mobility. A type of hidden disability is anyone who's on the autism spectrum, somebody who might be suffering from anxiety or PTSD, um, dementia, uh, there's so many different uh, people that come under the umbrella of a hidden disability. It's basically if you were to look at the person, you wouldn't actually know that they had a, an actual disability. Now, airports can be very overwhelming for someone with a hidden disability. And this program seems to be something to make this a less stressful experience. So how did this program come about? My boss asked us, I what do you call a terminal coordinator, so I manage the terminals here in Melbourne Airport and passenger movement through them. We had to come up with things to put into a portfolio and I studied teaching before I came to work at the airport and was majoring in disability studies and worked for an airline for 10 years before I came and worked for the airport and have just seen how horrendously it can be dealt with and how there isn't a lot of awareness or knowledge and people don't have the skills to understand if they don't experience it themselves. So I asked if I could put together something in the way of a hidden disability program and reached out to Virginia because everyone had said that she'd been talking about something in this space for a long time and hadn't really had much movement. So we teamed up about two years ago now Yeah, and it's pretty much been a job of passion more than anything else and we've really thrown everything we can into it to try and make things a little bit easier for those that, that travel with a disability, um, especially on the spectrum as um, uh, one of my children is high-functioning um, autism. So uh, I, I actually knew a little bit in that space as well. Knowing expectations can reduce anxiety and visuals are a uh, fantas fantastic way to do this. There are a few visuals that the Hidden Disability Program has, which I feel are really helpful for someone going on a flight. The first being a sensory map for arrivals and departures that identify low, medium, and high sensory areas to help you navigate through the international terminal. How is 
it determine which areas to label low sensory versus medium sensory versus high sensory? So we reached out to Aspect, um, who is a consultancy organisation and advocacy uh, company uh, in New South Wales, and they did a walkthrough in our terminal. I mean, we obviously knew where the pinch points were, where if people are suffering from anxiety, uh, that that would be where they have the most difficulty. But they walked through with us um, just to assist us in identifying that. We then um, did the, the map with them and got, got that done and we did the icons to show what each sensory issue is in each particular area. So that way, if they're going through um, a medium density sensory zone and they're heading towards a high sensory area, it depends on what their sensory needs are. So if it's just bright lights but that isn't a problem for them, then they know that they don't need to stress. But if they do, then they've got the ability to stop, take control of their um, feelings and put on uh, sunglasses or earplugs, depending on what the sensory issue is. So with Aspect, it was with um, one of their consultants who's actually on the spectrum that came through with us and they were the ones that came back with a detailed report about things that we hadn't even considered, things that we didn't even notice when we were walking through. Yeah, sounds that, like for instance, sounds that we hear on a regular basis that we're actually immune to now and high-pitched noises, we, we don't actually hear them, um, but the, the person that assisted us could actually point out that that was what they could hear and needed to put their headphones on. Very helpful. Another visual in the program to re reduce anxiety are social stories, one for arriving and the other for those departing on international flights. Each of these social stories is a step-by-step -step guide about how you navigate the airport. They seem like a great way to help those with hidden disabilities better prepare for flying. Have have you seen any result that is telling you that this has been effective to your travelers and their family members with hidden disabilities? Yeah, we've had some really good feedback around the social stories. We actually had a daughter writing to us that she was confident to let her mother travel who is in the early stages of dementia. Um, so she went through and with the social stories, it's got a checkpoint on each page to say you've done that step. And she was able to check in with her the whole way through via phone and she was able to tell her exactly where she was, what point she was up to, where she had to go next. Um, we've also done a lot of work with families, uh, especially in the early stages, creating the social stories and what they would put into them themselves. Typically, families creating these from scratch for their children. So we worked with a lot of families um, with Aspect, the company we've mentioned, to make sure that it was tailor-made to both adults and children to cover as much of a range of people as possible. And it was it was difficult because we needed to, uh, for international, we need to, especially our departures program, we needed to include all of the processes and steps that a person may have to go through, um, but we didn't want it to be wordy. So I think we've done really well there in depicting it with uh, photography and trying to use as, as the least amount of words as possible. I've never been on an international flight, and I would think that just even that first time for myself, that might be an intimidating process. Are, have these social stories been able to help others that might not even have hidden disabilities? Yeah, we're finding that a lot of families, if they've got one child on the spectrum, they're giving them to both children. 
I know that I've got friends that have looked through them and think they're wonderful just to show their children what to expect. A lot of people don't deal with the unknown and that's why we focused on Terminal 2 being our international terminal to start with. It is so complex and it's not something you can go and have a go at prior to travel. You actually have to be travelling. Um, we're a little bit different to the US where your terminals um, are all very similar. Our domestic terminals, we can still access. The general public can just go through um, any time they want and go and have a look at flights take off, uh, whereas I don't think um, the US does that. Uh, so basically if somebody wanted to do a trial run in a domestic terminal, they could just come on a weekend, go through our security, go down to a gate, have a look at people boarding the plane and then leave, but you can't do that in um, our international terminal. Uh, on the w website looked at for the Hidden Disability Program, I saw there is a program called the Lanyard Hidden Disability Program that is recently come to Melbourne Airport. Could you explain to our listeners more about how this program would be helpful to those with hidden disabilities? So if people go onto the website and they do have a hidden disability, there is a link they can click which then sends, uh, they fill out um, an email that goes to our customer service team. They register for a lanyard and then prior to travel they come and pick the lanyard up. Now what happens is if it's a family that's travelling through, um, just one person needs to wear the lanyard and, and that effectively gives them access to the disability cues. Once again, it comes back to having a hidden disability. People seem to think that if you're standing there quietly, you don't have a disability, so you can, they might put you at the end of a, of a queue. But if you've got issues with anxiety and a lot of children on the spectrum don't like queuing, it's quite stressful for them, then this alerts then our Border Force agents and our security staff to let them know that somebody in that group has an issue, um, has a hidden disability, and they won't bother you about standing in the disability queue and they should be coming up and asking how they can support you today because each individual obviously has um, varying needs. The quality of a program is oftentimes based off on the training of the employees or the staff of that program. So therefore, wanted to know what type of training will be given to staff to help participants in, in the program. So initially we've worked really closely with our border agencies and security staff because they're the ones that are having the most contact at the most stressful points of the journey. Mm -hmm. uh, we have got an online training program that all of our staff have what we call is an ASIC, so it's a security ID card for the airport. Um, linked to that, they have to do a security induction. They now have to do a hidden disability induction. And so we're ensuring that every single person that works here holding one of those cards will have that awareness of what the Lanyard Program means and what a hidden disability is, what sort of things might stress someone out on the spectrum, for example, or the only thing that we're asking of the staff members is them to say to people wearing the lanyard, is there anything I can do to assist you today? Is there anything I can do to help you through this process? When they get to security, a lot of the time um, you might need a pat down to make sure that there's nothing concealed, which for some people can be quite distressing and quite confronting, uh, especially for children on the spectrum. And we're just asking the staff to see the lanyard, take note of that, speak to the child, speak to the parent if appropriate and ask the question, how can we make this an easier process for you? 
we aren't exempting anybody from any of the processes, unfortunately. That's one of the things that has to happen. Um, but we are training our staff to understand that it may not be what they consider a normal reaction. Quite often, people do not want to be patted down because that can be very overwhelming. What is done in those types of situations? So our security staff have been trained to maybe pat down, if it's a child especially, pat down mum, explain the situation, explain how it works, get why the they're doing involved. it, make sure that they're getting the child involved, possibly helping pat down mum. It's just taking that extra time. And with an adult, it's also offering them the private search rooms, which are an option so that if they know that's a trigger for them, that they can be taken away with a male or female guard and go through it slower and have it explained and have it done privately so that they don't have that all eyes on me while yeah. I'm having something quite disconcerting done. Now, if, if travellers want to learn more about the Hidden Disability Program, how do they go about obtaining this information? Um, all the information is up on our website um, under the Melbourne Airport Hidden Disability Program and it explains everything step by step. They can download our sensory maps for our international terminals, both departures and arrivals, and also our social stories for those areas. And it also gives you the link to send the email to request the lanyard and there's also a link that if you need some additional information or you need to tell us something, you can also click on that link and somebody will get back to you. Now, are you, are you hearing from other in, airports uh, about trying to incorporate this program where they're located? So we reached out quite early days of this to the other airports around Australia and Virginia was on a customer experience working group with uh, what here in Australia is called AAA, which is Australian Airports Association. Uh, we're currently working with them to make it a white label program uh, that we'll all adopt hopefully the same lanyard, the same program, the same training, so that no matter where you fly into throughout Australia, it'll be the same service and consistent across the board. Basically a best practice for anyone with a hidden disability traveling. Well, I really appreciate your time, ladies. I think this is an important program and hopefully more and more airports um, th throughout the world will um, adopt the program. So do we. <laughs> thank you for listening to today's episode and thank you so much to Nicole and Virginia for my very first conversation on Autism Stories of uh, Australian Guests. Did you know so often autistic teens and adults struggle with anxiety and as a result don't have success in their lives? Autism Personal Coach is a unique service in that we help our clients by working on meaningful individualized goals at their home or in the community so their anxiety is greatly reduced and as a result they can become more independent and successful. To get an autism coach for a loved one or yourself to achieve your goals or dreams, it's very easy. All you have to do is email autismpersonalcoach at yahoo.com or call 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. On the next episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with Dylan Daler, who is running for Assembly in the state of New York. Talk to you then.
we hope you understand. This is not fun at all. There are some times we fear we can't improve. Everyone around us has said that we've improved. Taking longer to to learn it also takes us longer to complete tasks at hand having Asperger's not making sense our actions are different Just like you